With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Time now for Fantasy Football Weekly from iHeartRadio, your weekly source for the nation's best fantasy speculation and advice. Now, along with the guys from Fanball.com, here's the host for Fantasy Football Weekly, Paul Charchian. It is time for America's longest-running fantasy show, Fantasy Football Weekly, an iHeartRadio production. I am your host, Paul Charchian from Fanball.com. My co-host today, Christian Peterson and Matt Harrison, also Fanball.com. Hello, guys. Good day, Church. Over the course, I thought you were going to go. Good day, mate. For a minute there, I wish you had. Opportunity lost. (laughs) Yeah. Ah, Next time, get it right. Over the course of today, we'll break down every game fantasy style. As always, we don't care about which team is going to win, other than your team. So we'll tell you how all the players are going to do in these games. All right. Yeah. Give you a rationale for why we feel that way. You can see if you agree or disagree. You can go with us or against us. We'll answer three tough questions. We'll give you nine players upon whom you can take a chance, and we'll dump into jump into our time machine for the future and identify. Identify the players that everybody's going to be trying to pick up next week. But blammo, they're already on your team. Ha ha. Because you picked them up this week. That is a bit we call premature speculation. Mm, time travel is a new wrinkle for us. <laughs> it is. Um, it, welcome the to flux the show. capacitor is fluxing. Yeah, and it makes yep. the sound blammo. That's the, mm. that's what the time machine goes. Yes, <laughs> blammo. The cow goes moo. <laughs> the time machine goes blammo. Uh, let's, um, I want to dive into uh, some matchups here, and we're going to sprinkle in some reaction to Thursday night's game as well and what to do about guys like Cam Newton and O.J. Howard and some others uh, throughout the show as well. But let's, uh, let's go right into some of the matchups fantasy style beginning with jacksonville and houston gardner mayhew at the helm of the jacksonville jaguars i once got a case of gardner mayhew from an indonesian bathhouse well you should get gardner <laughs> Minshew instead yes. Thank he's not you. mayhew mayhew uh, but i'm going to talk about him in a later segment because he might be a take a chance That's on a, me kind of maybe. quarterback okay uh 
As for the rest of the Jaguars, don't want to give anything away. No, and and uh, Leonard Fournette's getting an A grade. Played 86 percent of the snaps in Week One. Had 17 of the Jags' eight, 18 running back touches. And the Houston run defense was the worst rated in Week One by Pro Football Focus, allowing 7.3 yards per carry. A grade. Uh, they're going to try to keep the ball out of the hands of their uh, quarterback. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Mm, I think so. Uh, I don't know. Uh, D.D. Westbrook gets a B grade for me. Minshew targeted the slot a, a ton last year at Washington State, and that's D.D.'s spot. Texan slot cornerback Aaron Colvin did so well last week, uh, 117 yards against, and then they cut, <laughs> they cut him. him. They cut him all right. That, uh, which means they're right starting there. Philip Gaines yeah. against Westbrook, and I like those odds. Uh, the rest of the Jags, Chris Conley and D.J. Chark, they're on the bench. It's not a revenge game for Chris Conley, so I'm not really interested in it. And Marquise Lee might end up going in this game, which would sap targets from both Conley and Chark. Chark was only targeted two times last week, so he's not worth it. And by the way, I called a Chris Conley touchdown on this show last week. Oh, where's where's a Uh, bird sound that we can play? Listen, you know, we're not going to stop the show every time we got something right. Yes, we are. Or wrong. Uh, (laughs) But when you can call it your Chris Conley shot, that deserves... The peacock right there. We've got two hours, and there might be a lot of peacocks in this one. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins gets an A grade. He's scored or topped 100 yards in each of his last four meetings with Jalen Ramsey, so I'm not worried about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Deshaun Watson's getting a B. I'm only nervous, and he's only getting downgraded a little bit because he was sacked six times last week. I know. We're took, right, ba- right back to where we were last year. He took 11 other hits, was oh. dinged up for most of the game, in and out of the blue tent. That's not good. Still, the Chiefs lit up this defense last week, and Watson isn't much of a step down from Patrick Mahomes, so he gets the mm-hmm. B. Will Fuller gets a C. Fuller was on the field for 97% of the snaps, but he only saw three targets. So I think that uh, some positive regression needs to come there. Kiki Cutie might play, but might not. That means both him and Kenny Stills are on your bench. Yeah. And then Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson, I gave both of them a C grade. Both are kind of viable here in a sneaky way. Hyde is second in the league in yards after contact per attempt at 6.3. Jeez. And yeah. he has pro football focuses highest elusive rating after week one. Carlos Go figure. Hyde. Carlos Hyde. You know, you know what else is going to be elusive? Him staying on top of that list <laughs> is going to be elusive. Uh, Duke was targeted the second most last week of all Houston receivers, and the Jags gave up nine receptions to the Kansas City running backs last week. So Duke's in a good spot, too. Arizona takes on Baltimore. Christian Kyler Murray with the uh, fantastic second half of last week's game, but a much tougher matchup in Baltimore this time around. Yeah, absolutely. Although there may be some garbage time stats to be had in this one, just mm-hmm. like there. Well, it was sort of garbage time last week for Kyler Murray until he brought them all the <laughs> yeah, way back. Yeah, that's right. From it's somehow from from garbage to treasure. I suppose. Uh, we're, I was wor- working on Twitter uh, on the name. Is it Murbage time or Kylarbage time? Uh, I don't know if either <laughs> one of those work. <laughs> I think you're gonna have to just I, go back to the drawing else. board. We're workshopping. On Come on, <laughs> keep working, keep shopping. Uh, yeah, Murray had that over over 300 passing yards last week. Needed 54 passing attempts and an overtime to get there. But uh, it was interesting to see this offense get unveiled for the first time. They ran four wide receivers 73% of the time. So mm. an interesting wrinkle there. But uh, this time, like you mentioned, Charge, it's going to be a lot tougher against the Ravens. They were top five against the pass last year. They gave up just 190 yards and one touchdown through the air in their week one win. 
over Miami. Granted, yeah, that was, was oh, Miami. And but. it was also garbage time, too. But. <laughs> yeah. So I, I've got Murray on a C grade here, and it's purely because with the Ravens favored by almost two touchdowns in this game, I think there's going to be garbage time. No, Gar- come on. Gar- <laughs> Kyler, Kyle Arbage? Kyle Arbage? Murp, Murbage? Murp up, up duty? What about Murp up duty? <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move on to the wide receivers. Yeah. Christian Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald are really the only two we need to discuss here. Interestingly, both of them are playing out of the slot most of the time. With mm. four wide receivers, they have two guys on the outside and two on the inside. They were both targeted heavily. Kirk car- targeted 12 times by Murray last week. Caught just four of them for 32 wow, yards. That's but terrible. It, it is terrible, but it's a good sign that they're using them that much. Baltimore did lose their starting slot corner to injury after mm-hmm. week one. They also could be without Jimmy Smith, another of their cornerbacks. So there could be some uh, some stats to be had here for Christian Kirk. I gave him a B, B-ish starting grade. Oh. We don't do minuses. You know <laughs> oh, well. No, this is a – we, are, a, we are firmly on whole Man. grades around here. I, I go away for a couple of years, come back, yeah, all of a sudden right. we're not it's doing minuses. Can, no. What about pluses? No. There's no, oh, there's no pluses yeah, in fantasy is, football. This weekly. is absurd. Or minuses. Call it, a, right. call, it, call it what it is, a B or – I'm going to call it a C like then a C. if you're going to put a gun right, to God, my I head. I would too. How about Fitzgerald? <laughs> Fitzgerald gets a C too, just to spite you guys because I would have given him a B. Minus, but minus. he was targeted 13 times last week, eight catches over 100 yards. But this is a tough matchup. Only three wide receivers topped 100 yards versus the Ravens in all of 2018. So I don't know. He needs the volume here. Fitzgerald and Kirk both need the volume. I don't think they're each going to see double-digit targets, but I'm willing to give him another chance with just C grades. Fitzgerald sees Brandon Carr probably. Carr didn't give up a touchdown, not one last year. It's a tougher matchup for him. It's a tough matchup. Yeah, I would play Kirk over Fitzgerald if for some reason you saw fit to (laughs) roster both both of them. them and have to make a call. Uh, Nothing to see here with Keyshawn Johnson quite yet. He did have 10 targets, but that was in garbage time. And nothing to see with the tight ends who aren't really even on the field in this offense on the Ravens side obviously Lamar Jackson is an A grade after that ridiculous debut in week one where he was really effective through the air and really didn't even bother to run the ball didn't need to which is part of his fantasy appeal so um, it's massive upside here in in, in week two again you could argue he should be the the number one quarterback charge I don't know where he's he's my number two behind only Tom Brady and uh, that's so that's that's where I've got it yeah the Cardinals just gave up Matthew Stafford's best passing game in almost two years so a great spot for uh, Jackson again here his wide receivers however a little iffy Um, Marquise Brown had the huge couple of touchdowns mm-hmm. last week, but was only targeted five times well, and I, only played 14 snaps. Unbelievable. But that's a mandate for more snaps. I mean, he will, it you know, it'll at least double. I mean, he's, he's got to be sitting on 25 snaps this week. You would think so, but uh, Jackson only threw to the wide receivers a combined total of 10 times in mm-hmm. week one, so I'm a little worried about the volume here. Marquise Brown is a boomer bust play, but you got to get him in there. I gave him a B grade. Miles Boykin, just one target and one catch in week uh, in week one. He may be relevant down the road, but not quite yet, so he is on the bench. Mark Andrews, an A grade here. Eight catches for 108 yards and a touchdown. Jackson targeted his tight ends 
15 times. Wow. The Cardinals just let Detroit rookie TJ Hawkinson mm-hmm. go off for 130 yards and a touchdown. So elite level start for Mark Andrews. The running game, Mark Ingram, also an elite level A start. 107 yards and two touchdowns last week despite barely even playing. Would you give him an A+. Plus? No, oh. I don't do that. <laughs> no. You should know that about me, Matt. I don't Stop give pluses or minuses. Stop trying to him into that. I would never do that. We are about whole grades here. <laughs> Cardinals last year were easily the worst run defense in the NFL. They gave up league highs in rushing yards and rushing touchdowns. Mark Ingram is an obvious A. You can even bring Gus Edwards into play here. Maybe he had more carries than Ingram last week. Yeah. That was in a lot of garbage time, but I think they're going to be up again in the second half. So, Gus Edwards, let's give him a desperation C grade. Yeah. Um, for those of it that took the shot on Justice Hill right now, he's yeah. on the wrong side of that deal, and it looks like Gus Edwards, who's available in like you know 98% of That's leagues. That's right every now. rookie running back outside of Josh Jacobs, yeah, though. Yeah, practically, isn't it? Yeah. Devin Singletary. They, you know, they, all got, they all got backburnered. You're just going to have to have patience on them. Most of them, I think, are in good spots. Although Devin Singletary may be playable today. We'll find out later mm. in the show. Dallas takes on Washington, and uh, you know, for the most part, this won't take long because it's basically start all your Cowboys yeah. and bench all your Redskins. But we'll dive in just a little bit here. If you're not treating Dak Pres- Prescott like a fantasy superstar, you don't get it right now. In the past four games, he's blown out the Giants twice. He's won a playoff game and scored multiple touchdowns in every one of those four games. Michael Gallup turning into a superstar. Amari Cooper already is one. The Redskins corners, not nearly up to the task of stopping those two guys. And you look at what happened last week to the Redskins corners. Deshaun Jackson, Alshon Jeffrey, just humbling them. Last year, Dak posted two good, not great games against Washington. I think they're up to great levels here. He is an A grade. Zeke is obviously an A grade. It goes without saying. Particularly with defensive tackle Jonathan Allen knocked out for this game. I think Zeke's going to bounce back from last week's middling performance with a much better game here as well. Love Amari Cooper. Obvious A grade for him as well. Since arriving in Dallas, he's been targeted... Nine times. Per game. Nine times. Per Mm. game. Wow. Yes. (laughs) The Redskins secondary got torched for three scores last week. He's an A grade. Michael Gallup is is almost an A grade, but we're going to call him a firm B. For Michael mm. Gallup, he's it's actually almost had... like we need some sort of designation in between A and B. <laughs> no, we don't. He has actually had more receptions and yards than Cooper, but over the last two games, this uh, week one of this year, then going back to the the last game last year, um, he more often runs from the left, where he, where Gallup will match up with cornerback Quinton Dunbar. Dunbar's got the height and what uh, height and weight. Or hate and white, white. <laughs> to hang with Gallup, but does not have the skill set. And last year, Gallup posted 81 yards and a touchdown uh, in the one game he played against them. Uh, Tony Pollard is now on the bench. For the Redskins, the only startable players here are Case Keenum. It's mostly garbage time here. Don't chase last week's box score on Keenum, obviously. Maybe in a pinch. Dallas has allowed 300 or more passing yards in three straight games going back to last year. And watch the status of elite cornerback Byron, Bra- Byron Jones. If Jones does go, then we're just going to bench Keenum out, right? If Jones is out, then I think Keenum becomes a dart throw here. You could try Trey Quinn, who scored last week in garbage time, uh, but another dart throw at best with him. A lot of people picked up Terry McLaurin. Terry 
Terry McLaurin. Uh, 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 Tough matchup, though, this week against Chidobia Woozy, the cornerback who's very good. And then again, if Byron Jones comes back, he'd have to contend with him as well. Adrian Peterson's your starting running back, and it will not matter. That team cannot run the ball right now. We will go to fanball.com where you can find instant access to my weekly rankings, my free $1,000 weekly contest, our podcasts, and Fanball.com's your portal to guillotinis. These are our our mini guillotine leagues that run every single week. It started as a 17-man guillotine in the preseason. They're not that many right now at 16 teams. (laughs) They're They're, they're getting teenier every week, though. That's right. Fanball.com slash charge for all of that. Uh, Coming up next, it's, it's a bit we like to call Take a chance on me. Nine players who you would not normally start, but you can this week. You're listening to Fantasy Football Weekly, an iHeartRadio production. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Weekly returns, courtesy of iHeartRadio, Paul Charchi and Matt Harrison and Christian Peterson with you. This segment is called Take a Chance on Me. Nine players, not normally in your starting lineup, many of whom are available on the waiver wire. And this is a very special royalty-free version of Take a (laughs) Chance on Me. With these three sleeper quarterbacks, running backs, and receivers, when they hit pay dirt, you pay us nothing. This is a royalty-free segment. Just the same amount that we pay for this song. Nothing. In a very legally binding way. (laughs) Absolutely, positively nothing. 
for this particular song of Take a Chance on Me. Uh, guys, let's start at the quarterback position. Who do you have, Christian? Uh, I have Derek Carr this week going up against the Chiefs. Uh, what happens in Chiefs games is that they put up all sorts of points early on, yeah. and the other team is forced to play catch-up, yes. or at least attempt to. And what happens is the other team usually puts up big stats as well. Last year, the Chiefs were a bottom-five pass defense. They allowed the most passing yards to opposing quarterbacks, nearly two touchdown passes per game, and Derek Carr is no exception in his last two home games against the Chiefs. 285 yards and three touchdowns, followed by 417 yards and three touchdowns. He's coming off an efficient week one performance where he was only asked to throw the ball 26 times, but he's going to have to throw the ball a lot more in this one, and I like his chances of putting up big numbers while trying to keep pace with the Chiefs. One might call that carbage time. Carbage time. The very man after which that term was was coined. Originally invented, (laughs) yes. Yes. Uh, All right, Matt, who's your take chance on me quarterback? I've got Gardner Minshew, the Mississippi Ah. mustache, at 5,100 on Fanball this week, by the way. He's a sixth-round rookie. He takes over for the injured Nick Foles. Minshew was credited by Pro Football Focus with a 100% adjusted completion percentage, which means that 100% of the balls he threw were on target. How about that? Uh, He faces a Houston team that just got pasted by Drew Brees last week for 370 yards. Six of the last seven quarterbacks who have faced the Texans have topped either 300 yards or thrown for multiple scores, with five of those accomplishing both of those feats. Mm. Gardner Minshew. All right. Gardner Minshew. I thought he was the Indonesian Indian or something. No? No, he's the Mississippi, Mississippi mustache. mustache. Okay. <laughs> Josh Allen goes up against the Giants. He's only $5,900 on Fanball. It's over the last... Giants, by the way, if it were not for the Dolphins, Giants would have the worst defense in the league, and they still might. I think it's still going to be... This is a 1A and 1B situation. Over the last three games going back through last year, Giants are giving up an average of 383 passing yards and three and a half touchdown passes per game. I don't need Josh Allen to get me a full 383 and three and a half. How about two thirds of that? Give me like 270 and two and a half, and I'd be pretty happy. He'll chip in more with his legs. Giants, Giants defense still has not found suitable replacements for Landon Collins. And then they lost Olivier Vernon in the offseason. They were the dead last pass rush defense by Pro Football Focus last week. Giants were. I'm telling you, even Josh Allen cannot screw this up. He's going to throw a bunch of deep balls, and some are going to connect. Don't forget that he just got to spend time in New York all this week because he was in the same stadium last week on an away game. That's a great, yeah, great point. Just stayed there. Maybe that was it. Uh, and then he might even rush in a little something extra for you as well. Josh Allen, take a chance on me, quarterback. Let's go to the running backs. Uh, yeah, I'm going to roll with Chris Thompson uh, of the Redskins going up against the Cowboys. Charge, you just callously dismissed the entire Redskins backfield when you when you talked about the matchup in the previous uh, previous segment. And I agree, they can't run the ball, but what they can do is throw the ball to their running backs. I was just leaving Chris Thompson for you. That's Specifically, all. Chris Thompson, who yeah. led who led all Redskins players in targets last week with ten, yeah. catching seven of them for sixty eight yards. And the matchup here favors pass catching running backs. The Cowboys allowed the fifth most receptions to opposing runners last year. They yielded seven catches to the Giants in Week One. And now, with Adrian Peterson in the game instead of Darius Geis, he's even less of a threat to catch receptions than Geis was. So I I think Thompson's going to be in this game. They're going to be playing catch-up. They're going to be dumping it off to him quite a bit. Just 4,700 on fanball this week as well. Okay. 
Uh, Malcolm Brown is only 4,200 on Fanball this week, and he's become a true vulture with uh, four carries from inside the 10 and two short touchdowns last week. However, yards after contact per attempt, Malcolm Brown number seven in the league at 4.6. Oh, That's not, not bad. bad. Yeah. Uh, he's not involved in the passing game at all, never having more than two targets in a game in his entire career, but that doesn't matter because the Saints made Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson look like Todd Gurley in his prime last week, yeah. allowing 7.3 yards per carry. <laughs> 10 carries, 85 yards, and a score for Malcolm Brown this week. I like it. Darren wow. Sproles, way off everybody's radar. Darren Sproles, this is your one chance probably on the year to start him. Almost free in Fanball salary cap system. He was uh, more involved in last week's game plan than anybody would have expected, I think. On the field for 23 plays, which was five more than Jordan Howard was, and Howard was the presumed starter for this one. Now, obviously, Sproles is not going to chip in ground yardage in any meaningful way, but... He might. He had, like, nine carries last week. I know, I know. Well, probably not in a meaningful (laughs) way. Maybe. Falcons have allowed... You guys already know this. You know where I'm going with this. Yeah. Falcons have allowed the most running back touchdowns last year, the year before that, the year before that, and the year before that. I, I think it's safe to say that we will always have a take a chance on me pass catching running back going against the Falcons. That's right. It's it, it always it's a tradition. It. I'm doing it this time yep. because I believe Darren Sproles should be in the Hall of Fame. He is number <laughs> six all time in yards. That's awfully impressive. So you're basing his week two prognosis <laughs> on his entire <laughs> career? That's right. Which <laughs> Good. Now, which now spans like 15 seasons. <laughs> yeah. uh, Darren Sproles, let's go to the receiver positions. You take a chance at me, receiver. Yeah, I'm going to roll with Nicole Hardman this week on the opposite side of that Chiefs versus Raiders matchup that I talked about. Uh, you may remember Hardman as the guy that the Chiefs drafted this spring mm-hmm. to replace Tyreek Hill when it wasn't at all clear whether Tyreek Hill was ever going to play in the NFL again. Right. Then Hill came back, and everybody forgot about Hardman. And now Hill is hurt again, and here comes Hardman. He, he did play 80% of the snaps in week one, hmm. even with Hill in the game for, for at least of it. part yeah. of it. Yeah. But he's the guy who's going to step into that role of playing deep threat, and anybody who's going to get looks in this offense, especially as a deep threat replacing Tyreek Hill, is worthy of your attention this week. So go grab him. He's on the waiver wire in most leagues, or at least was as of earlier this week. All right. Uh, I've got Cole Beasley at 4,100 on Fanball. That's almost a free space. He didn't put up the huge numbers that John Brown did last week, but he did have nine targets, which only trailed John Brown by one. Um, He caught four of five of his targets from the slot, but also ran 10 routes from out wide and saw four targets on those 10 routes. The Giants' defense is terrible. I'll highlight how awful they are amongst outside receivers later, but every Cowboys wide receiver had a great day, including slot man Randall Cobb, who had his Mm -hmm. best day in years. Yeah. With 69 nice yards and a score. Um, I, Josh Allen was my take a chance on me quarterback. Let's hook him up. Uh, let's hook those two up. Uh, Vance McDonald is my take a chance on me receiver slash tight end in this case. He uh, only had two receptions last week, but was on the field for 71% of the Steelers' plays. And his backup, Xavier Grimble, was on the field for two plays in the entire game. McDonald will be more involved in this game. Seattle allowed nine tight end touchdown uh, receptions for 93 yards last week. And Seattle's allowed at least 70 tight end yards in five of the last six games going back to last year. This is going to be a bounce back game for Vance McDonald. I am confident. 4700 by the way, mm. on Fanball. If you're wondering what you got to pay on Fanball to get a little Vance McDonald action, it's not bad. 
I don't think. Uh, Buffalo taking on the Giants. Matt, we do, we're, we've just talked about this one in a fair amount of detail. Yeah, Josh a little Allen bit. might take a chance on me. Quarterback, Cole Beasley, you take a chance on me. Uh, wide receiver, who's left to talk about? Uh, let's talk about John Brown. He's a, a B grade, but if there was something between no, a B and an A that I could not, give him, it's there, it's, it's pretty close to some, just, something right void, between those two. There's just a big void right there. It, it's, there's it's, a, it's a chasm between yes, those two grades. vacuum. Like, slightly yeah, better than slightly a B, slightly better than a B. Not quite an A. Not quite Somewhere in that range. Yeah, right there. Um, perimeter wide receivers torched the Giants defense last week as Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper totaled 13 catches, 264 yards, and a touchdown against this Giants D. Mm. The Giants only managed one pressure on Dak last week in 32 dropbacks. There's going to be plenty of time for Josh Allen to look around, get Brown downfield, and hit him with a deep ball. Devin Singletary, I'm actually giving a B grade to yeah, as well baby. with uh, yep. Frank Gore and TJ Yeldon on the bench. Devin Singletary leads the NFL in rushes of 10-plus yards with four. four. Which is about all the carries he had. Yep. He had four yes, rushing attempts. Right. <laughs> um, he also did have five receptions, too. Gore did out-touch Singletary 10-9, to but that ends yeah, now. Not, not right. it, it's over now. It should be. Well, okay. Uh, yeah. We think it we should know, be. Think it, it is. It, it's over. Uh, it's got to be not over. if Matt Nagy has anything to say <laughs> Come about on. it. Come uh, on. All right. Other side, this is pretty easy. Saquon Barkley, easy A. Don't even have to talk about it. He's an no. easy A in any lineup. Uh, Evan Engram, A grade as well. Sterling Shepard is out. That's seven vacated targets from last week, and I bet they all go to Engram, who already had 13 targets in his big performance. Mm. Saquon and Engram are literally their only chance to win. Eli Manning, the rest of the team is on the bench. Cody Latimer isn't in anyone's lineup this week, but he did have the most targets among wide receivers last week with eight, Gross. but he's still on the bench. He is on the bench. Uh, I worry a little bit because with the dirt of receiving talent, no Golden Tate, no no Sterling Shepard, that that it, the Bills might just take away Evan Ingram and basically say, you know, go beat us with Cody Latimer. They might try, but Saquon Barkley is still there and Evan Ingram's right. playing in the tight end position. Right, let's they work don't need wide receivers. Let's work in one more matchup. <laughs> Indianapolis taking on uh, Tennessee. Marlon Mack was awesome last week. Leads the NFL in rushing yards with 174. Now he gets Tennessee. Yeah, he was, he was awesome, and it sure seems like the Colts, without Andrew Luck now, have sort of turned their attention to the running game and running behind their mauling offensive line, mm-hmm. and it, it worked like a charm in week one. You mentioned 174 yards on 25 carries. When these two teams meet met in week 17 of last year. So two games ago. Two games ago, Mac had 25 carries for 119 <laughs> yards. Yeah. And a touchdown. So I've got him as a solid A here. Mm-hmm. Like he's in that group of A's that's that it's right in, all right, right there. A, and then there's right a the huge cliff down to the B's. <laughs> that's right. Mac is right in there with <laughs> the A's. That's right. Clearly. Yeah. So Definitively let's move, an A. Yeah, so let's move to the passing game. Jacoby Brissett, I have him on the bench here. Uh, just didn't have the attempts, didn't have the volume last mm-hmm. week. Just 27 pass attempts, 190 yards, and two touchdowns. Really no reason to think about putting him in the lineup on the road against a solid Titans pass defense. T.Y. Hilton is the only receiver you need to be concerned about here. Nine targets in week one, 87 yards and two touchdowns. No other receiver had more than five targets, so it's all T.Y. Hilton all the time. Hilton also had nine catches for 155 yards and two touchdowns the last time the Colts traveled to Tennessee. Still, because of the lack of volume and the uncertainty here, just a B grade uh, for Hilton. None of the wide receivers are worth anything. Tight ends were targeted just six times in week one. I know Scott Fish earlier went to bat for the idea that Jacoby Brissett was going to throw a lot to the tight ends, but 
We didn't see it in week not, one, and we still, so far. we still have Ebron and Doyle splitting looks there, so don't worry about either one of them. On the Titans' side, there's really, well, there's a couple things to talk about. Let's start with the easy one. Derrick Henry is an easy A after last week's explosion, 84 yards and a touchdown on the ground, 75 yards and a touchdown through the air. The Colts just got eviscerated for 219 combined rushing and receiving yards and three touchdowns yeah. by the Chargers running backs last week. So Derrick Henry, is he number one on your running back ranks? No, I haven't looked. He's, uh, he's, he's good. Be close. He's, he's, yeah, he's not one, but he's up there. Okay, oh. passing game. I've got Marcus Mariota on the bench. I'm not fooled by last week's box score. It looks nice, 248 yards and three touchdowns, but he had just 24 pass attempts. 30% of his yards came on a dump off that Derrick Henry took yeah. 75 yards for a touchdown. Untouched at that. Untouched, right. So I, I'm not buying it on Mariota. I'm going to leave him on the bench. I want to make him prove it at least one more week. The wide receivers were kind of a mess. They combined for just four catches and 105 yards in mm. week one. Mm-hmm. A.J. Brown had three of those catches and 100 of those yards. So he's the guy that you have to look at here. If you're desperate to get in a wide receiver here, I'd give him a C grade. Corey Davis, man, three targets. Oh, it's over. Zero Adios. catches. Although he was going up against Browns cornerback Denzel Ward, who is yeah, legit. He's, he's turning good. into a shutdown, shutdown type guy. Yeah. But needless to say, you can't have Davis in your lineup. The only other guy we're concerned about here, tight end Delaney Walker. Welcome back, Delaney, with two touchdowns in week one. The Colts allowed the most catches and yards to opposing tight ends in 2018. So let's keep it going with a B start on Delaney Walker this week. I'm, I'm listening to that. I think it makes sense. Uh, by the way, if you're wondering, Marlon Mack, who you just mentioned, running back four this week. Derrick Henry, running back five. Wow, Mack so ahead of Henry. I've got, yeah, right. I've got one spot, but I, you know, but they actually graded out with the exact same grade. Yep. Nine and a half out of ten, because you can use halves, apparently, in my grading yes, system. Yes, but not in this. But not yep. in this. <laughs> <laughs> you, you've probably heard us talking about guillotine leagues, the hottest new format in fantasy sports. Each week, the low-scoring team gets cut from the league, and their entire roster goes to the waiver wire. It makes for insane waiver waiver wire runs. People are tweeting me about Saquon Barkley hitting the hitting the waiver wire, Alvin Kamara hitting the waiver wire this week. You can learn more and even join a guillotine league by going to guillotineleague.com powered by fanball.com. Coming up next on Fantasy Football Weekly, we will break down more matchups including the Chargers and the Lions. Austin Eckler, awesome last week. What about this week? We'll tell you when we come back. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Listening to Fantasy Football Weekly, an iHeartRadio production. I am Paul Charchi, and my co-hosts are Christian Peterson and Matt Harrison. Christian Peterson is at Twitter at CoolerHeads29. You got it. And Matt Harrison is at Explosive Output. I am at Paul Charchi. And you can hear us over the air on many stations around the country. And this show is also a podcast available every Friday on all the major podcasting platforms, including the number one destination for podcasts. The iHeartRadio app. Chargers take on the Lions, and it was a great game for Austin Eckler last week, but I'm a little more cautious this week around because the Lions committed to beefing up their defensive line over the last year. They traded for Snacks Harrison. Then in the offseason, they added a Matt Patricia favorite going back to uh, his days with the Patriots and Trey Flowers. But those two got off to a very slow start after combining for only three tackles last week, and they let David Johnson pile up 137 totally yards still Johnson was pretty involved in that passing, passing game, game too. and that's your best that's your best angle for Eckler for sure Eckler's a very good receiver and so that's your angle and why he's still a B grade here if you're just talking about running up the middle I don't like Eckler so much and that's a lot of why I don't like Justin Jackson at all and he is a on the bench he only got 25 percent of the snaps last week and then again he's trying to run up the middle right at snacks Harrison and that's more his bit is between the tackles so I'm out on Justin Jackson Let's go to the passing game. Where? No Hunter Henry. Mike Williams probably does not play with a knee injury, although I think technically a game-time decision for him. That leaves Phillip Rivers with Travis Benjamin? Maybe? And Benjamin's got to take the sleigh ride. Darius mm-hmm. Slay in this one. So I I don't... We need some sleigh bells, by the way, for the sleigh ride. That would be pretty great. All right, we're on it. <laughs> Brianne is making a note right now. Gets the get the sleigh bell signs for Darius Slay. I don't. What would the uh, what would the Joe Iron Hayden sound be? Like a clink, like a like yeah. the league say vault closing. Oh, yeah, maybe, but it, it's a creaking sound, right? As the but the what about the pokey part of the Iron Maiden? That, that's, ouch. Uh, yeah, ouch. <laughs> anyway, Phillip Rivers is uh, is just a C grade here, although we're interesting to note the Lions go from last week trying to stop Kyler Murray, right? This r- really raw, amazing athlete with all the speed, and then now they go to a savvy veteran with 213 career starts and is a- as mobile as a statue. <laughs> so uh, the Larry Fitzgerald terrorized the Lions from the slot last year. 
And Keenan Allen still has a good opportunity here who runs his routes from the majority of the time from the slot. And without Hunter Henry and Mike Williams, I think that becomes really the whole game for Phillip Rivers is whether or not you you trust Keenan Allen. I do. I've got a I've got a B grade on Rivers, a B grade on Keenan Allen in the hopes that they can do enough there. I wouldn't try Travis Benjamin. Let's go to the Detroit side. Carry on Johnson. Epic disappointment. It's last because week. he's not that good. No, I think he is good. <laughs> um, and I do. I like him again here. I'm going back to the well. I liked him last week. Mm. I liked him here. Marlon Mack just hammered the Chargers for 174 yards, as Christian elucidated moments ago. The Chargers have allowed nearly two running back touchdowns per game over their last five games. Johnson got a 2 to 1 ratio of usage and snap counts over CJ Anderson. So he prefer, he's my preferred guy, but I still have an, an A grade on Carry on Johnson. I got a C on CJ Anderson because he did wasn't it was a 2 to 1 snap count and that's not that bad. He carried the ball 11 times last week and the great game script here should be tilted much more towards the run than last week. So, I like CJ Anderson as a sneaky starting grade of a C. Let's go to the passing game. For Matthew Stafford, do not chase last week's box score against Arizona. Arizona was missing both their starting cornerbacks. This time, it's going to be a lot of running. Last year, the Chargers were an inconsistent run defense. And then, as I mentioned earlier, Marlon Mack ripped them last week. I just don't think that this is going to be a passing game. There's not going to be a lot of volume. Just a C grade on Matthew Stafford. C grade on Kenny Galladay. Unlike last week, he's got a brutal matchup. He gets Chargers cornerback Casey Hayward, who allowed the least separation to wide receivers last year and the sixth lowest catch rate to wide receivers in his coverage last year. Casey Hayward is awesome, and he likely shadows Kenny Galladay for much of this game. Let's go to TJ Hawkinson. Last week, setting the all-time tight end debut yardage record yeah and didn't need the overtime to do it he set it in regulation so don't let anybody put an asterisk on the end of that record of tj hawkinson's the chargers held the colts excellent tight ends only three receptions last week um and so when i look at that i I gotta figure this is probably not going to be anything close to, to last week's game by volume and again run heavy script i don't think we're going to have anywhere near the kind of success for tj hawkinson this week but still startable with a c grade and marvin marvin harrison only lightly involved marvin harrison's still in the marvin league harrison. <laughs> <laughs> marvin harrison coming out of retirement um wait is he still in prison I don't think he ever Probably went not. to prison. No, did he never go to prison? No. After all the shenanigans and the no, guns and everything? All right. Marvin Jones, only lightly involved last week coming off his injury. And again, game script is not ideal for him. He is on the bench. New England taking on Miami. Matt, start everybody from the Patriots bench, everybody from the Dolphins. Can we just move on? <laughs> Yeah, almost. Uh, I would like to propose a new fantasy football weekly rule. Okay. We're not going to mention the Dolphins until there is a starter. Starter, uh, a, a uh, fantasy, like starter. fantasy starter. We're just going to say leave them all on the bench yep. until further Wait, notice. So I didn't even get to say the name. Like the Patriots are playing. No, well, well we can say, say the name, the Dolphins. name of the Dolphins. <laughs> yeah. I just, we just don't ever like toss to the we, Dolphins we, side we, of it. We, yeah, we don't need to. Okay. Uh, I, do you want me to talk about the Dolphins? No, I don't really want to talk about no, them. No, there's they're no, all on the bench. Even garbage time, you can't count on garbage time against the secondary. So no, I don't think there's a startable Dolphin. No, it's gross. All right, uh, the Patriots. A starts for Tom Brady, Julian Edelman, Josh Gordon, 
and Antonio Brown if he plays. Obviously, the allegations against him are serious, and uh, th- I did see that they're not going to put him on the commissioner's yeah, exempt see, list. He's playing. And the Patriots haven't said whether or not they're playing. They're playing. He's him. playing. Um, so fire him up in your lineup. Uh, if he sits somehow, Edelman and Gordon go up uh, to an a and a half grade. Uh, Philip Dorsett gets a C point six grade. Uh, that would uptick to See, a full this, B. Now you, now you know why. Now you know why we don't do the pluses, the halves, or any of that stuff. This is why it turns. Well, it's a B minus minus plus minus. Dorsett. Uh, Plays a similar style to Hollywood Brown, who logged two long touchdowns against the Finns last week. And then the running backs, Sony Michelle, James White. Uh, James White's a little bit dinged up, and, and mm-hmm. now, or actually, no, not dinged no, up. He's got the he possible birth of a possible child. Possible birth of a child. So he might not go. Yeah. They're all Bs, anyway. Michelle, White, and Rex Burkhead. Michelle led the backfield with 15 carries. There should be plenty of garbage time here uh, where they're just grinding clock. Uh, both Burkhead and White had five catches, although Burkhead had one more target than White. Mm-hmm. Uh, Burkhead led the running backs in opportunities with the eight targets plus eight carries. He logged 5.5 yards per carry on the ground as well. So Burkhead's kind of a sneaky play. It's like a bonus take a chance on me here. Mm. Uh, he could have more run in the game, too, since it's probably going to be a blowout in the second half. It might be just all Rex Burkhead in the second half. So that's it. Sony Michelle had the was 15 carries for 14 yeah, yards. Yeah, it, it was it was pretty bad. There's going to be a get right game. The, yeah, it, doesn't soon. it feel that way? Yeah, yeah they're going to the get, get him right going. is right here. Yep. I think it's I I'd have put an A grade on him. San Francisco taking on Cincinnati. Um, there was not a lot to love about the San Francisco offense <laughs> in the first uh, the first week of the season. Uh, you feel any better about them as they travel to Cincinnati? No, not particularly. Uh, certainly not about the passing game. I mean, Charge, these are your guys. Garoppolo, Dante Pettis. What's yeah. what's happening here? I Garoppolo know, just a, thing. Yeah. 166 yards and one touchdown in week one against a bottom five pass defense in the Bucks that he should have been able to move the ball against. Mm-hmm. The Bengals were also not a good pass defense last year, but I, I just have no confidence in Garoppolo, so he's on the bench. Along with all of his wide receivers who combined for 12 targets, the most targeted was Debo Samuel with three. We'll talk more about him later. And then you've got Marquise Goodwin, who was second in snaps amongst San Francisco wideouts, which I bring up mainly because I like the word amongst. It's fun <laughs> to say. And then Dante Pettis. Uh, he's practically dead, Charge. Well, had, two snaps. Two snaps. But it's, it's a groin injury, and they say he's fully healthy now, and he, he'll get more snaps. Man, so you, three, you like so him perhaps, so much that you cut three, him in our Empire League. I did. Oh, man. What a disaster. I know. Tight end is not a disaster, though. George Kittle, 10 targets last week, caught eight of them. If you you weren't watching, you may not have noticed that he had two touchdowns called back because of penalties. Uh So he was all over this game. He's an easy A start against the Cincy defense that allowed more tight end touchdowns than any other team last year. So let's go to the running game. Matt Breda now steps into a mostly full-time role with Tevin Coleman out with that high ankle sprain. Mm-hmm. Coleman looks like he'll be out four to six weeks, so this is Breda's chance until he gets injured, which, yeah, which prob- won't take which long. Is, he got knocked right out of last corner. week's game. Yeah, so, Came back, so but still. So Most Mostert, Mostert. Yeah. Mostert. Could, could be in the mix as well. but I think he will I, be. Yeah, probably. Uh, you know, Really, you can look at Breda this week as an interesting option because Cincinnati was Agreed. bad against the run last year. Opponent running backs averaged nearly five yards per carry. They did hold Chris Carson 
Carson to 46 yards on 15 carries in week one. So maybe they've started to figure yeah. some stuff yeah. out. But Carson I've got, scored twice. Yeah, I've got Breda with a B-level start here. And I, most dirt I have on the bench just because he's probably going to get six to eight touches I, unless Breda gets hurt and we can't predict that. So I've mm-hmm. got him on the bench. Other side of this matchup for the Bengals. Let's start with Andy Dalton. Ooh, fire up the peacock, baby. Take a chance on me, quarterback, last week. Uh, you're welcome. You're welcome. I'm sure all of you started Andy Dalton in your leagues last week. I did in one. I started him in, my, in a two-quarterback league. I did say to start Andy Dalton over Jared Goff to several people. Nice. That well, worked if out. If it's not on this show, I really don't oh. want to hear your mutterings Twitter. around the Twitter, office. Twitter, baby. <laughs> Nicely done by Explosive Output. The career-high 418 yards last week. And let's not forget that Dalton has had a couple of top 10 quarterback you know, fantasy seasons three and four and five years, years ago. ago. Right, yeah. Back when A.J. But, Green played a lot. Yeah, it looks like this new offense, this new coaching staff is a little bit more willing to air it out just a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, And the matchup here is pretty good. The 49ers were able to flummox Jameis Winston last week, although he's flummox prone. Easily, do you like the, the word flummox the as well? Flum- I do. <laughs> I do, in fact. But last year, they allowed the most quarterback passing touchdowns. So this is a matchup Dalton can exploit. Again, I gave him a B-level grade. Along with Tyler Boyd and John Ross, each of his top two wide receivers, Bs for both of those guys. Boyd had 11 targets and eight catches. Ross, of course, erupted. Seven catches for 158 yards and two touchdowns. I certainly don't think we're going to see a repeat of that, but just the fact that those two guys are so heavily involved Mm -hmm. without A.J. Green here, I think that brings them into the mix. 49ers were bad against wide receivers last year. They allowed a league-worst 27 wide receiver touchdowns, so both of those guys are in play. The tight ends are not. They split 11 targets and nine catches between C.J. Uzoma and Tyler Eifert, so those guys are on the bench. That brings us to the running game and Joe Mixon sprained ankle in week one knocked him out didn't practice until Friday he did return to practice on Friday so that gives him a chance to play you're going to have to keep an eye on the injury report just to make sure this is a good matchup Tampa running backs averaged over five five yards per carry and 170 combined rushing and receiving yards against the 49ers last week so if he doesn't go Gio Bernard is an auto start that's right last year uh, Mixon sat out a couple of games in those two games Bernard got every running back touch and had at least 65 combo yards and a touchdown in both so have Bernard ready just in just in case Mixon doesn't play that's actually your best play best case scenario for fantasy it would be preferable yeah if if Mixon's out which removes all question about whether you should even start Mixon or whatever else and then if you've got Gio Bernard, you just you and you deploy him hundred percent, right? Yeah, I agree. It makes yeah. it much much simpler, yeah. unless of course you own Mixon and you don't have Bernard. Then yeah. that's well, an issue. yeah, but then but somebody else owns Bernard and yeah. he's listening right now, <laughs> and then he yeah. gets to go start him, which yeah. isn't half bad. Um, Thursday night game, Cam Newton, yeah, droppable or not. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's go to the Cam Newton desk and Christian yeah. Peterson. Yeah. You know, it's you it get nothing. Really, you get really nothing ugly. on the ground, and it's been this way. Yeah. You get nothing on the ground for him anymore. And that's the problem. It, it sure, it sure seems that way that they've just completely gone away yeah, from any pretense of of running with him, and that was mm-hmm. where a significant portion of his fantasy, uh, his fantasy excellence came from. So I, I'm not dropping him quite yet. I'm going to give him another week or two to see what happens. But he's, uh, yeah, he's Ron close. Rivera will be the first coach fired in the NFL this 
this year. Wow. You, 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 it's yeah. not impossible that you're right about that. New they owner like, in like, Carolina? Yeah, aren't they 1-9 and nine in their last 10? Did yeah, I see yeah, Rivera yeah, win? They, they, they lost, I think, six of their last seven. Yeah, they, We're only a couple weeks away yeah. from this. Yeah. Coming up next, let's answer three tough questions beyond the Cam Newton one. You can play along. Try to go a perfect 3-0 and oh on Fantasy Football Weekly. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Football Weekly. I'm Paul Charchian. Fanball.com. My cohorts are Christian Peterson and Matt Harrison. You are my panel of experts, gentlemen. And that means it's time to get into the grinder with three tough questions. Listeners, you can play along. See if you can go three and oh. Tough question number one. With Antonio Brown now on board is Tom Brady an every single week automatic starter. Christian. Yes, I'm going to say yes. Although, I mean, is Antonio Brown on board? Certainly, you know, <laughs> sure looks like he's going to be for week two. We don't know beyond that. But honestly, even even without him, the way that this offense functioned in, in week one was pretty impressive. And let's recall Brady has been a top 12, at least a top 12, if not, you know, top three fantasy quarterback every single uninjured year since 2007. Unreal. Really, the only reason that he wasn't coming into this year is because we weren't sure who he was going to throw to. Mm -hmm. Josh Gordon hadn't been reinstated. Antonio Brown wasn't around. Gronk retired. So it wasn't clear. They had Julian Edelman and a bunch of question marks. All of a sudden, now Gordon's back. Brown is in the fold. So, yeah, absolutely. He's he's an easy every-week starter at this point. 
Yeah, CP took uh, most of my thunder, but I, I want to tell or I want to ask you to tell me when they're going to lose in this schedule. This week at Miami, next week against Trevor Simeon and the Jets, mm. then at Buffalo, then at Washington, then the Giants at home, then at the Jets. That's seven and zero. They don't play yeah. another moderately tough team until week eight at home against Cleveland. Yeah, and who knows if Cleveland's good? So Tom Brady's going to be a a start just about every week until then. At Baltimore, I think week nine. Yeah, is that's it? I mean, it's it's going to be a juggernaut. And that was you guys took all my. I was going to go right to the schedule. You took all my all my points. No playoff team on the schedule until week nine. Yep. It's it's unbelievable. They're just the rich get richer with that with that particular organization. It wasn't that tough a question. The correct answer is yes. Tough question number two. Should fantasy owners hold Hunter Henry or drop him, Matt? This question was tougher, Charge. It is tougher. It's in, a lot tougher. In You're fact, in the grinder. Yeah. In fact, uh on Twitter, John Denunzio told me to guard my broca's lobe during this question because it would be a shame if I weren't able to move my tongue or facial muscles <laughs> to produce the sounds of speech. Thanks, that would, John. That, that would be, be that, that's that would very be impressive, unfortunate John. at this moment. <laughs> Good thing I guarded it. Well, for those of us that have been listening to you, we'd actually welcome you being unable to form words. Wow. <laughs> that's right. Uh, you can drop Hunter Henry and redraft. It's a tibia plateau fracture, which can be a four to six week injury, although J.J. Watt had this injury in 2017 and missed the rest of the season, and he had it early as well. The Chargers honestly don't know when and if he can come back, and let's say he comes back in late October. He gets the Bears, Packers, Broncos, Jaguars, and Vikings defenses on his schedule. His only easy game games are a game against the Chiefs and two games against the Raiders. Those are probably the only starting grades he gets unless he's 100% healthy. So I, I think you can drop him. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I, I think the original timeline here of four to six weeks seems optimistic based on what we've heard from other people who have suffered this injury. And another factor here is that there are now other tight ends that you can go and get. There are legitimate tight ends that might have been on your waiver wire, including Darren Waller after week one, TJ Hawkinson, who erupted in week one, even Delaney Walker, who most people probably weren't drafting, and he had two touchdowns. He looks like he's back. So I think the fact that there are legitimate tight ends actually that you can go and get means that you can't waste the roster spot for hunter henry uh, okay uh, dr harrison and dr peterson I, you know by all means feel free to override every you know, all the team doctors who have actually looked at his knee and set the timetable for recovery charge i consulted is, online doctors <laughs> yes. and the online doctors okay. are never wrong yeah, nick riviera online doctor uh he is expected to come back in four to six weeks. It could just as easily be four as six, and either way, that's enough that you're going to hold him. There just aren't enough good tight ends to kick one to the curb. Didn't all you the hear guys, what I said, Jerry? All the guys you mentioned <laughs> I just are said on there rosters. Are. They're on <laughs> rosters. TJ Hawkinson is on a not roster. In redraft? He I is. don't know. Not Absolutely. after your perennial advice that you can't trust rookie tight ends. Some, mm. some mm. of the tight ends that we were counting on Looks super dubious right now. O.J. Howard, Kyle Rudolph, Jared Cook, Jack Doyle. They all underwhelmed. We don't know that you can go to war with those guys. You're really going to you, uh, bring Jack Doyle into this? You Grasping at straws. You can't find a tight end You're chasing who windmills. averages half a touchdown per game anywhere else. It costs you a roster spot for a month. Big deal because when he comes back, you've got – a potentially top five tight end the rest of the year. You can't walk past that. 
So let me ask you a he, question. Yes. Ooh. If you have Hunter Turn Hunter Henry, is, yeah. Wait. What is what is this? If you have Hunter Henry, Kareem Hunt, a guy who you told everybody to draft, and maybe AJ Green on your bench right well, now, then what do you do? Are you that, dropping Hunter Henry at that? Who's point? got that combination of players? You got. I would advocate holding all all any one of those players. Okay. But most people don't have enough rosters to hold all three. Okay. And most people, Hunter Henry, don't have Kareem Hunt. Tough question number three. Should fantasy owners be holding any Jets receiver, Christian? Let me ask you a question. (laughs) (laughs) No, just kidding. I would never do that to you. No, Uh, how dare me? What was the question? (laughs) Should Should fantasy owners be holding any Jets? receivers (sighs) receivers <sighs> yeah i mean this question comes up because of the sam darnold news where he's going to be out three to four weeks with right, Mono, and let me right? just uh, let me just get ahead of the story i gave it to him <laughs> I, I know there was a there was, there's yeah. been a lot of internet rumors You've always, it was uh, me yeah. Yeah. it was me okay right. just, just let's just move on <laughs> and we're now ahead of the story guess i gotta go get mono tested now mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh yeah <laughs> bad news uh yeah, so so that's where this question comes from, right? But I, I think Jamison Crowder is the only guy that you can hold here after his 17-target week one performance. I mean, he's the guy in this offense that's going to play in the slot. They're going to, if anything, I think Trevor Simeon is going to focus on him as much or more because he's incapable of throwing the deep ball. So Robbie Anderson, you can let red, get rid of him. Demarius Thomas, I'm certainly not jumping on him right away, uh, but I will hold Jamison Crowder. I just want to talk about how Jamison Crowder was my take a chance on me wide receiver last week. <laughs> yeah, yep, <yeah>, yep. Yeah. <laughs> I get a happy trombone, too. Yes, Sam do. Darnold likes to target the slot, but Sam Darnold has mono. Uh, when Darnold does return, it's likely that's about when Chris Herndon returns. And I think that saps a lot of what was making Crowder super targetable, uh, the inside targets. Uh, Herndon's the guy I want the most, but in a redraft league, you won't have to pick him up until we tell you to pick him up in premature speculation <laughs> next week. Yeah, it's probably coming. By the way, go get Herndon now because you can afford to sit on him for four. <laughs> this is a this is a pre, well, unless you have premature AJ speculation. Green and Kareem Hunt <laughs> and, and Hunter, Hunter Henry. And Tyreek Hill. And Tyreek Hill. Uh you should drop them all. Uh, Sam Darnold. <laughs> Sam Darnold's mono is going to be two to four weeks, right? So he's basically nuked all the receivers for four weeks. And now the bye is week four. Now it's week five. And here comes the Eagles, then the Cowboys, then the Patriots, and then the Jaguars. Those are all negative matchups for the passing game. Eagles, Cowboys, Patriots, Jaguars. But allow me to note this. After everybody has, at that point, washed their hands of the Jets receivers... Their schedule becomes the easiest passing schedule in the NFL. It's a breeze the rest of the way. And at that point, it's somewhere in week seven, week eight, you're going to be able to strike on a bunch of Jets and get hot in the second half. Do, do they happen to get the Dolphins twice in like the well, fantasy yes, playoffs? They, no, oh, they okay. don't. They get. I think the Dolphins are week 10 or, or so. Okay. Uh, not twice in the fantasy playoffs. That would have been handy. Yeah. Not the case. I'm you better afraid. wash your hands with that mono going around. Well, there's a good point. Uh, it's a good point. Uh, Vikings take on the Packers. Let's, uh, let's try to break down this game a little bit from the Vikings side. Dalvin. 
Dalvin Cook, extraordinary in the first game. Got 78% of the plays for the Vikings are running plays. They only threw 10 passes in the game. They were still running him like deep into the fourth quarter yeah. up by three touchdowns. I was like, let's get some Alexander Madison <laughs> yeah, in yes. here. And actually, Madison looked good, too, and he averaged five yards a carry. Um, last week, the Bears abandoned the run against the Packers instantly. And so I don't think I got a really good feel for the, the, the Packers' run defense and how good it really might be and if it's whether or not it's particularly improved from last year. You couldn't get a good feel for anything on that first game between the Packers it, and Bears. It was so weird, Ugly. right? Um, and Mitch Trubisky was so bad. So I think you know there will be a concerted effort to get Cook going. He's getting, He gets an A grade here. And let me mention this as well. The Bears' backs had 15 receptions in the game. And yeah, Cook's that's coming just, off a six-reception game last week. That's just Tariq Cohen, who played slot receiver more than anybody, yeah, well, who I'll think. highlight in the next matchup. All right, but. there you go. Uh, wait, that, was, that was still 15 receptions. Tariq Cohen was eight of them or whatever. So there's still yeah. plenty of receptions to go around. Cook's an obvious A. The passing game has got a lot of people worried because of the just the 10 uh, the 10 attempts last week by Kirk Cousins, plus the offensive line looked bad. Finished dead last to Vikings offensive line in pass protection by Pro Football Focus after week one. And I worry about Cousins finding time to hit his receivers downfield. The Packers' pass rush looked amazing on Thursday. And the Vikings' offensive line isn't nearly as good as the Bears' is. So I'm I'm nervous here. Cousins was good in both matchups last year, but this Packers' defense feels so much better and so much faster. I've got just a C grade on Cousins. I've got a B grade on Adam Thielen. In the two divisional matchups with Green Bay last year, Thielen put it tw- caught 20 passes for 256 yards and two touchdowns. Now, the beauty of Thielen is he will play the X, Y, and the Z positions so they can match him up against the aged Tremont Williams or the rusty Kevin King. They can find their matchups with him, so I give him a B grade. Diggs less as much, and I think he's going to get a lot of Jair Alexander. I don't like that matchup as much, and I think Diggs wants to get free downfield more, and again, not sure if, he's, if Cousins will have the time for that. So I've only got a C grade on Stefan Diggs. Also, Thielen's last two trips to Lambeau, 12 receptions in each game. Dang. Uh, Steph, uh, oh, we just mentioned Stefan Diggs. Mm-hmm. Kyle Rudolph, zero catches last week. Despite playing 100% of the Viking snaps, mm-hmm. he had no catches in one target. He'll, uh, I think he will catch a pass. So I'm going to go on a limb. He will have at least one pass. He did have one called back on penalty. He had a pass called back on yep. he had a reception called yep. back on penalty. Uh, last week, the Bears' tight ends combined for one catch for six yards against Green Bay. And now they've got these speedy linebackers who are perfectly well-suited to cover a guy like Rudolph. So I've got him on the bench until we have a better read on how the, he's going to fit into this Vikings offense. Let's go to the Green Bay side. Aaron Rodgers gets a Mike Zimmer defense that has absolutely throttled him as well as any team in the past. He has thrown zero or one touchdowns in five of the past six games. The Vikings secondary may be shorthanded. Well, they will be shorthanded without slot cornerback Mackenzie Alexander, which does give some help for Aaron Rodgers here. He can target uh, potentially Geronimo Allison in the slot against safety J. Ron Curse, who's going to get moved to slot cornerback. That could be a plus matchup for him. So we, I kind of like him there for that uh, for that particular reason. Also, potentially a nice game. And by the way, a B grade for Aaron Rodgers. B grade on Marquez Valdez-Scantling in a speed versus speed matchup with Trey Waynes. Now, Trey Waynes uh, gave up a couple, uh, gave up a long, uh, longish touchdown, and in a speed versus speed matchup, 
last week ended up giving up a touchdown to uh, Calvin Ridley, also a very fast player and somebody that concerns me at least a little bit. Devontae Adams has had a fair, and by the way, Marquez Valdez-Scantling gets a B grade. Devontae Adams gets a B grade. Um, He draws Xavier Rhodes primarily in this matchup, but mostly he's been pretty good against the Vikings last year. Average game, seven catches, 67 yards, found the end zone in both of those games. So I've got a B grade on him. Then there's Aaron Jones, and this one is a little bit trickier. Aaron Jones uh, did absolutely nothing in the Thursday night opener, and now he gets another very good run defense. The Vikings have allowed just two 100-yard rushers in their last 33 games. Think about that. Underappreciated part about the Aaron Jones situation. People, A lot of people were really high on him yeah. this year, but realize now he has to play the Bears twice and the Vikings twice. twice. I know. That's and the, tough. And Detroit, who's no picnic either. Yeah. Oh, no, Snacks Harrison. Right. Yeah. I mean, this the time to trade for Aaron Jones might be after, after this, week. this yeah. week with a frustrated owner who might be Owen too. The Vikings and Linval Joseph, their run stuffer, completely shut down Devonta Freeman last week and looked very fast and impressive in the opener. Um, I've got... Uh, I've got just a C grade on Aaron Jones in this game. And also, by the way, stop using Jamal Williams. For the love of God, he's terrible. People are using Jamal Williams? Well, well, the team is in real life. Fantasy players aren't. (laughs) Um, I mentioned Geronimo Allison. I just want to drill down on this for a second. I love the juicy matchup in the slot against a backup slot cornerback, but he had a juicy matchup last week against Buster Screen in the slot, and they didn't throw to him one time. So you, I've got a bench grade on Geronimo Allison, even though I really think they should correct that and go back to Allison here. But I'm rattled after last week, and I, I just I can't I can't get myself to advocate for that. You seem rattled. I am. I'm deeply rattled to my core. Uh, every week, you can play the Crush Charge Championship for free at Fanball.com. When you assemble a better salary cap team than mine, you get a shot at this week's prize pool. 1000 bucks, and it's free to play. And more importantly, when you beat me, that gets you an entry into our Week 17 Championship where you'll battle me for the $10,000 grand prize. Go to Fanball.com slash charge. Fanball.com slash charge. When we come back... Dig back into the matchup. Chicago takes on Denver. Will we get better results for your Chicago Bears when they have to go up against their former defensive coordinator, Vic Fangio? Find out next. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If 
you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Regular season edition of Fantasy Football Weekly. We are breaking down every Sunday and Monday NFL game. Fantasy style. We put letter grades on all the players. Explain who we like, who we don't like. You can decide if you agree or not. That's the beauty of this. And if you think we're right, then you should go along with our grades. If you think we're stupid, then don't. That's up to you. <laughs> uh, you can get even more of all of this. If you if you like this sort of approach, you'll want to check out all of my player rankings available for free when you go to fanball.com slash charge. Every meaningful player broken down, uh, ranked, and explained. Maybe some people are listening just because of how stupid we are. Well, yeah, that's the, that's the best like part the, of the, the show. The ongoing, the ongoing stupidity. Yeah. Uh, speaking of stupidity... Let's uh, let's switch this up to sad Trombonski. Aww. I know. Couldn't have looked worse on Thursday night. Um, well, two Thursday nights ago now. Mitch Trubisky. And now he has to face the defensive coordinator that he practiced against that knows everything about him. Mm-hmm. This is a very tricky spot for him to try to rebound in. What do you think, Matt? Is there something to be salvaged from that Bears offense? Uh, maybe a little bit, but it's the lowest over-under of the week with 40 and a half. And an interesting stat since 2000, the Broncos are 22-1 in home games in week one or two of the season. They're super good in mile high in September. Okay. They just keep winning. Um, so Trubisky... I got him on the bench. Uh, he dropped back to pass the third most in the league last week, 53 times. That's good. No. I don't, I don't Dropping think back good. 53 times it's, is good it's, for, it's a, for fantasy. It's, it's a lot, but yes, okay. But he averaged a horrible 5.1 yards per attempt and had a hideous game-ending pick. He was also sacked five times. Uh, obviously, he plays against the coach that practiced against him every day for the last two years. It's bad for Trubisky. I am going to give Allen Robinson a B. If anybody gets going, it's going to be A-Rob. He had 153 air yards last week, which was sixth best in the league, and was targeted 13 times, which was more than all other wide receivers and tight ends combined yeah. on the Bears. So, and by the way, Trubisky still missed him open on several plays. Yeah, it was a little bit erratic. Yeah, slightly. <laughs> um, Allen Robinson should see Chris Harris shadow coverage yeah. when on the outside. Yeah, but that worries me. Nagy sent Robinson to the slot on 45% of his plays last mm-hmm. week. When he wasn't in the slot, mm-hmm. it was Tariq Cohen playing the slot almost the rest of those plays. Ah. He gets a C grade. Uh, he's listed as a running back, but he's playing 
playing wide receiver, and he's ahead of Anthony Miller on the wide receiver depth chart right wow. now. Um, Cohen was on the field for 72% of the plays last week, so uh, I think that he's in a he's in an interesting little spot because as kind of weapon X on that team. Mm-hmm. He's the only running back I'd start though. Mike Davis and David Montgomery are on the bench. Davis outsnapped Monty 56 to 36 percent last week. Gross. Outtouched him 11 to seven. Gross. I don't get it. Nagy's going to keep using Davis as the feature back until he figures out Montgomery is better. And it's a shame because fellow rookie Josh Jacobs just torched the Broncos defense for 113 total yards and two scores last week. Should mention Trey Burton still has a groin injury. His status is up in the air, but he's on the bench. On the Broncos' side, everybody's on the bench. Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman, it was an almost even split last week. Almost 50-50. Lindsay got 53% of the snaps. Freeman got 47. And the Bears' defense is still legit. They held Aaron Jones to 39 total yards on 14 touches. Yep. Joe Flacco is the worst starting quarterback in the league, so he's on your bench. And Cortland Sutton and Emmanuel Sanders are both going to be on your bench, too. The Broncos are facing the Bears, not the Raiders. The Bears held Devontae Adams to four catches and 36 yards last week. And despite Sutton and Sanders each putting up decent fantasy points it was mainly in garbage time this game is going to be insanely low scoring there will not be a yeah, moment will, for the broncos be, yeah. to open it up so I, I agree they're both that. on the bench damn I'm, I'm with you man kansas city takes on oakland i want to start with the running backs i was skeptical yeah. about Lashawn mccoy because he looked just so spent when he was in buffalo the last couple of years but, you know, at least it seems rejuvenated. Maybe it's just, you know, part yeah. of being in this amazing offense for Kansas City. What do you think about LaShawn McCoy in this matchup? Well, yeah, let's do a little comparison of McCoy and Damian Williams because mm-hmm. both of them were certainly involved. McCoy was only on the field for 29% of the snaps compared to 66% for Williams. McCoy was clearly the superior runner. He had 10 carries for 81 yards. Williams gained just 26 yards on his 13 carries. But Williams got all of the important fantasy point scoring action. Yeah. He was the guy catching passes. Mm -hmm. He was the guy in the red zone. He had four of the five red zone carries. He was targeted in the passing game three times in the red zone. He scored a short touchdown. He had six pass receptions. So I think you can play McCoy here. I've got a C-level starting grade on him but it's going to be all whatever he can do on the ground. And he may need to score from distance because it feels like Williams is the red zone guy. So nothing better than a C. I've got a B on Damian Williams in part because of the split. He's clearly giving up enough of the work to McCoy, but he is getting the important looks. So still a B-level grade here against a very middling Raiders defense. They're going to put up all sorts of points. They're going to be in scoring position, so Williams can be in your lineup. The passing the passing game is obvious here. A-plus on Patrick Mahomes. A-plus-plus <laughs> on, no. Sam, on Sammy Watkins, who all of a sudden, by the way, congratulations <laughs> if you took Sammy Watkins as like your second wide receiver yeah, in the third or fourth well, round now it? that Tyreek Hill is out. Yeah. And an A-plus-plus-plus-plus. <laughs> To Travis Kelsey. See, this is why. Because you give people an inch, and this is what they do. In in the Week 13 matchup. to the power of seven. In the Week 13 matchup with the Raiders last year, all Travis Kelsey did was 168 (laughs) yards and two touchdowns. So he's obviously in your lineup. And even me, Cole Hardman, he was my take-a-chance-on-me wide receiver. So start them all. Start all your Mm -hmm. Chiefs. On the Raiders' side, Derek Carr. Carbage time. Woo! 
He was my take a chance on me quarterback. That also brings Tyrell Williams, the new number one wide receiver, into play. Had over 100 yards and a touchdown. The Chiefs got just abused last week by DJ Chark and Chris Conley, of all people. They combined for 243 receiving yards and two touchdowns. So Williams is is a good play here. I've got a B. How good? I've got a B, B on him. Right. Maybe B and a half? Maybe? B.5? <laughs> oh, is that, is that up to... Is B, that B, uh, B, B? <laughs> an ab? Yes. You got an ab on him? <laughs> and then Darren Waller. I put an A on Waller. He looked fantastic last week. Played yeah. every single snap. Led the Raiders with eight targets. The Chiefs had the NFL's worst tight end defense last year. They allowed the fourth most yards and the most touchdowns to the position. So get Darren Waller in your lineup again this week. That leaves us with the running game and Josh Jacobs. He had a pretty spectacular debut, at least yeah. the, by the box score. Mm-hmm. Scored two touchdowns. Wasn't that involved in the air? As we've mentioned, the Chiefs' defense, not great. They're not great against the run either. They allowed the fifth most rushing yards and the sixth most rushing touchdowns last year. The problem here could be game script. I think we're going to see, A, we're going to see if Josh Jacobs has some receiving game chops. <laughs> yeah, they're going to have to. Or B, we're going to see if it's just going to be a Jalen Richard game yeah. as the Raiders are trying to play catch-up. So uh, Richard could be a sneaky play here, but the Raiders didn't use him much against Kansas City last year. He had just three catches in one game and two in the other. So I gave Jacobs a B starting grade because he's a clear workhorse here. But there is a, there's a little risk that this becomes a Richard receiving game. For sure. Seattle takes on Pittsburgh. Uh, let's start with the running game for Seattle, because my guy, Chris Carson, scored twice last mm-hmm. week. And he has now found the end zone in five straight games and eight of his last ten games. And Pittsburgh has allowed rushing touchdowns to backs in seven of their last nine going back to last year. I like him to score again here. Now, the Steelers were great against the run last week, even in a blowout. And... I don't know that it gets a lot easier through the air for Chris Carson either. The Steelers have allowed an opposing running back to top 46 receiving yards in just eight of their last 47 games. So it's going to be, I think Carson scratches out a meaningful game with a touchdown here, but I don't know that he even gets to 100 total yards. It might be a little bit like last week where the yardage isn't great, but the touchdown, uh, the touchdowns help you out. Let's go to the passing game. Uh, by the way, be great for Chris Carson. A.B. great on Russell Wilson. If the Steelers' secondary wants to rebound from last week's nationally televised embarrassment, they're going to need to do it without cornerback Joe Iron Hayden. Clink. Clink. Ow. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) Hayden's injury is only half the problem, though. Opposite him is Steven Nelson, who was disastrous last year with Kansas City and allowed a touchdown in his coverage on Sunday night as well. Now, Tyler Lockett probably plays here, but if he does not go, then Russell Wilson drops down to a C grade and maybe even a bench grade at that point because they just don't have much in the way of depth here at all. So let's go to Tyler Lockett. He's a game-time decision. Watch his back injury. And back injuries are something you have to watch all the way up to kickoff because the back injury flares up, tightens up, or whatever, yep. and they're la- you, know, they, you think they're going to go, and then they don't go. So be careful. Lockett faces a Steelers team that gave up three touchdowns of at least 22 yards to the Patriots in week one. And here comes Lockett, known for his deep speed. So I got to like that matchup. And he played 60% of his snaps from the slot last week. And if that holds up, he'll be facing Pittsburgh cornerback Mike Hilton, who struggled to contain 
Julian Edelman last week, a B grade on Tyler Lockett. C grade on DK Metcalf, which actually surprises me. If Lockett doesn't go, by the way, then I like Metcalf even less because he'd get extra coverage here. But I thought Metcalf was going to be a guy that was going to really struggle out of the gates because he was very raw. The number of routes he could run was thought to be very limited. They threw him plenty, and he looked pretty good. Steelers secondary gash last week, as I already mentioned, and his his size frame comparison similar to Josh Gordon, who had a nice big game in the opener. So, yeah, I could see a C grade on, on DK Metcalf here, and he was on the field seventy seven percent of the snaps. That's surprising. That is surprising for the first start rookie. Uh, will Disley probably will not play in this game. Let's go to the Steelers side. We began with Ben Roethlisberger, uh, who looked dreadful on Saturday night. Um, he kept throwing the ball to Dante Moncrief. For the love of God, just <laughs> just stop with the Dante Moncrief. <laughs> oh, man. Now, the good news is, going up against Seattle, Andy Dalton just put up a 400-yarder on Seattle last week. But to me, the whole John Ross two long touchdowns thing feels like kind of a fluke, and the Steelers don't have the same speed guy on roster. John Ross was in a homecoming game last week, too. Oh, there was that. University of Washington. There was that. There you go. Um, So... I don't. I'm I'm lukewarm on Ben, and I've just got a B. And it was for a while I had it as a C grade, but as Juju appears to be at full health here, I've moved Ben back up to a B grade. And um, and remember, his home splits are bonkers. Since 2016, his average home game: 309 yards and two and a half touchdowns per game. So on Fanball. Steelers stack is an interesting stack that nobody's going to be thinking about doing. The Juju Smith-Schuster part Juju, Van, How about Vance and, McDonald and James a, Conner. Vance McDonald was my take a chance on the guy. Let's talk about Juju. Uh, the toe injury, he should play, though. He's playing both the slot, where he had always played before, and they're breaking him out wide. From the slot, he has a very favorable matchup against rookie cornerback Ugo Amandi. Ugo Amadi. You just like to say Ugo Amadi. And when he's outside, he can match up with Trey Flowers, who gave up 170 yards in his coverage last week. <laughs> How about that? So there's your Steelers your Steelers stack. There it right is. Right there, Juju Smith-Schuster. A how, do you, how do you not just pull him off the field at some point? Yeah, I like, know. How do, you watch, yeah, just how do you watch that happen and unfold in front of you? Um the only other receivers I'm going to mention, I, Dante Moncrief, just don't do it. Deontay Johnson, we're going to talk more about later. Vance McDonald's may take a chance on me, guy. James Conner, though, a B grade. Seattle stuffed the Bengals runners last week, but Cincinnati's offensive line is on the other side of the spectrum from the Steelers, and Conner should have success through the air here. Last season, the Seahawks allowed the sixth most receptions third most receiving yards and the most receiving touchdowns to opposing running backs. James Conner can catch. So can Jalen Samuel, who you could be as a dark horse, potential dart throw. You could start here as well. Um, And I'll mention this last week, Mixon and Bernard caught all five of their targets. James Conner's a B start in parks. I think he's going to chip in meaningful numbers through the air. Our final topics are ahead when we provide you with three guys we believe will be hot waiver wire pickups next week. So you can grab them this week. We're jumping in the time machine. And how does the time machine sound? (laughs) No. Blammo! Time machines go blammo on this show. Whether you are ready for it or not, premature speculation is happening next on Fantasy Football Weekly.
there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Speculation is the most popular segment on Fantasy Football Weekly. This is the bit where each of our hosts provides a player that will be a hot waiver wire pickup next week that you're going to want to grab this week to frustrate the rest of your league because you already got all the good guys. For about 10 minutes at the beginning of Sunday's games last week, I looked brilliant because I said Dontrell Hilliard. The Browns running back. Mm-hmm. He scores a goal line rushing yeah, touchdown, a touchdown, and then immediately gets a concussion. Gets he's gone for the game. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I had it for for ten minutes. I'm like, oh, brilliant! My premature speculation came in hard right off the bat. Man, look, mine didn't work out yeah. last week, but we're not going to talk about uh, now, that. Uh, what? Well, tell what do we want to talk about? Who is your premature speculation? I can't week? believe I'm doing this. It's Jason Witten. Wow. <laughs> yeah, Jason okay. Witten scored last week, although it was a quiet four targets, three catches, 15 yards. This week he faces Washington, which is a neutralish matchup, but Witten did score the last time he faced them. But next week. <laughs> which year was that? 2017. Okay. Yeah, it was only one, right. one year right. removed. Uh, next week he's facing Miami. Mm-hmm. In Dallas, mm-hmm. and you want to start everybody against Miami. Well, sure. The Dolphins on the road? Sign me up for that. The Dolphins gave up 14 receptions for 175 to tight ends in week one, and the only two good players on their roster are Xavier Howard and Minka Fitzpatrick. Mm. They're going to be on the outsides covering Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper, leaving the middle of the field wide open for Witten. He's going to score in that Miami game, and if you need some tight end help, maybe Hunter Henry went down, maybe O.J. Howard sucks. Jason Witten's a guy that you can pick up. I think you'll be happy that you did. All right, Christian, your premature speculation player is 
I'm going to go with Deontay Johnson, the ah. rookie wide receiver for Pittsburgh. You, we just talked about how awful Dante Moncrief looked <laughs> in, in week in week one. By the way, it would have been nice to know that he's been battling a dislocated finger since early in training camp. Yeah, I didn't see that news until he failed. He dropped seven yeah, of the yeah, ten yeah, targets no thrown his way in week one. No kidding. Ugh. Meanwhile, James Washington, I think, has established himself this point. It's just a deep threat and nothing more. Yeah. And he's an inconsistent guy, so that leaves room for somebody to emerge opposite Juju Smith-Schuster. And I think that somebody is Johnson, who is basically an Antonio Brown clone. Like, literally, they're the same height, the same weight. They have the same reach, the same hand size. They both have blonde mustaches. Almost (laughs) identical 40 times. They both had their feet frostbitten in a cryogenic (laughs) chamber. They were, I mean, the Steelers drafted this guy as Antonio Brown's replacement, and it sounds like I've, Church, actually, you found an article mm-hmm. with some, some quotes from the Steelers coaching staff that were like, yeah, we got to get this guy more involved. Yeah. And with Moncrief not impressing and James Washington kind of a bit player, I think that starts as early as this week. You're going to see Deontay Johnson get more involved, and being the receiver on the opposite side of Juju Smith Schuster. Always a good thing. Yep. Uh, it was Isaac Newton who said, for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. See, I'm the Steelers staff. You can't argue with the law of <laughs> physics, my friends. It's against the law to argue with the law of physics. When Dante Pettis plays two snaps, there is an equal and opposite reaction. Debo Samuel playing 60 snaps mm-hmm. in the game, leading the whole team by a wide margin for the 49ers. Every wide receiver who leads his team in plays should be on a roster. Debo Samuel, unrostered in most leagues. Especially if your coach is Kyle Shanahan, you must be rostered. Debo caught all three of his targets last week. This week he draws an aging, fading Drake Kirkpatrick. He could post a nice game here, but you'll he'll already be on your roster because that's the law of physics. <laughs> New Orleans takes on the Rams in an epic rematch from uh, two different games last season, but especially Mm -hmm. the NFC Championship game. Matt, tell us about it. Uh, Jared Goff gets an A grade. I told you about his negative road splits, especially in outdoor games. He did not disappoint. Well, wait, he did disappoint fantasy owners last week. Didn't disappoint you. Didn't disappoint me because I knew it. (laughs) 186-1-1 last week. Mm -hmm. Last year at home, though, Goff enjoyed a 22-3 touchdown-to-interception ratio and 342 passing yards per game game and the Saints gave up three passing scores to Deshaun Watson last week Robert Woods he's getting a B he led the team in targets with 13 only managed five catches for 71 and six for 33 in the two meetings last year but he has had five catches in 16 of his last 19 starts might see a little bit of Marshawn Lattimore although it looks like it'll be a fairly good split between him and Cooks and Cooks gets an A grade he's played two games as a Ram against the Saints and he's revenged them both times Times. Mm. Seven for 107, six for 114 and one. And he wasn't utilized much last week. This is a get right spot for him. Cooper Cup, I'm also giving an A grade, looked healthy on field for 89% of the snaps, mm-hmm. 10 targets, logged five catches for 89 yards, and a score when these teams met in the regular season last year. And he faces PJ Williams in the slot. That's their uh, worst rated cover corner by a lot for, for the Saints. Uh, Todd Gurley. 
and Malcolm Brown. Malcolm Brown yeah. is my take a chance on me, runner. Todd Gurley, I'm giving a B. Uh, the NFL leader in yards after contact, well, he's number three right now, Todd Gurley, mm. 5.2. And it's worth noting that the Rams offensive line was the second worst run blocking unit in week one, hence the early contact on the runners. Yeah. Gurley and Malcolm Brown were making things happen despite the, the offensive yeah. line. Um, they're going to try to keep touches off Gurley, though, uh, which you don't want to see, but the Saints gave up 8.3 yards per carry to Carlos Hyde last week, wow. and a healthy Carlos Hyde is the same as a part-time Todd Gurley with and no knees. And by the way, the Saints last year, yeah. I believe, were 3.2 yards per carry on the season. Yeah. That's it. And they just got steamrolled by Carlos freaking Hyde. Come on. The elusive Carlos freaking Hyde. <clears throat> Suddenly elusive, yes. We're not chasing Tyler Higby's touchdown either. No, uh, Alvin Kamara gets an A grade. How did uh, Christian McCaffrey fare against the Rams defense last week? It was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Thomas gets an A grade. 12 for 211 and 1 in the regular season matchup last year, but only 4 for 36 in the playoffs. I'm not worried. Michael Thomas is great. Drew Brees, B grade. We know about his negative road splits. Uh, yards per attempt went from 9.5 in New Orleans to 6.9 on the road. So he only gets the B grade here. But it is a shootout potential game, so you still got to like Breeze a little bit. Yeah. Jared Cook gets a C grade, only three targets, two catches, and 37 yards. That was a bummer. The Rams were one of eight teams to allow over 1,000 yards to the tight end last year, and I'm hoping that was just a weird game off and not the trend of the Saints not using the tight end position anymore. Finally, Ted Ginn and Traquan Smith, I'm giving both of them a C. Smith ran 60% of his routes out of the slot last week, which would mean he'd draw the most favorable matchup against Nickel Roby Coleman. But the Saints move their wide receivers around more than just about any team. So in a shootout potential game, Ted Ginn looked good, had over 100 yards last week. I think right. he's a good play. Let's go to Cleveland taking on the Jets. Christian. Yeah, this let's, is the Monday nighter. This I'll is the you. Monday nighter. Yeah. Let's let's see if Cleveland can have a bounce back after an ugly, ugly week one oh. performance by Baker Mayfield. Three interceptions. They did not look like the high-powered offense everybody was expecting coming into the year. Yeah. But there's a chance here against the Jets. The Jets were bottom 10 last year in QB yards and touchdowns allowed, and they just let Josh Josh Allen throw for a career-high 254 yards Hmm. in Week 1. So I've got Baker Mayfield in a bounce back here. I gave him a B-level starting grade. Odell Beckham Jr. was highly involved, led the team with 11 targets. He's going to go nuts against the Jets secondary that let the Bills' John Brown go for 123 yards and a touchdown last week. A grade on Odell Beckham. Homecoming game of sorts to his old home field. Yeah, it is his old, yeah. old home field. That's, <laughs> That's a, a good, good point. point. That's yeah. a little bit of a reach. Just a little scratch. <laughs> Same yeah. stadium. Yeah. Uh, Jarvis Landry, I've got a B-level starting grade on. He had four receptions for 67 yards on seven targets uh, in the week one matchup. And the slot is, is something you can exploit against the Jets. Slot corner Brian Poole was pro football focused 112th ranked cornerback last year. So I like Jarvis Landry to bounce back as well. David Njoku was pretty much the only guy who did anything last yeah. week, scored a touchdown. The Jets were very good against opposing tight ends last year, though. I I would start him if you usually would. I gave him a B level starting grade that's, here. That's generous. Okay. Uh, Nick Chubb, I've got an A grade on. Mm. He was quiet in week one, but I think this, the game script here 
With Sam Darnold out for the Jets on the other side, I think the Browns are going to be ahead in this game. They're going to be grinding the clock. The Jets are also potentially missing key defenders Quinnen Williams and C.J. Mosley. Mosley last week, after he got hurt, their defense fell apart. So if he doesn't play, there's especially a good chance that Chubb is going to go bonkers here. I've got an A grade on him. On the Jets' side... We really already talked about the passing game. We said you should literally drop, drop them all literally from your Literally drop roster. everybody, every Jet passing player. Everybody but Le'Veon Bell, basically. Yeah, right? so needless to say, don't start any of them this week because they're not on your roster. Le'Veon Bell, I've got a B grade on him just because of the somewhat scary shoulder injury. He, he missed practice on Thursday, had to get an MRI. He's going to practice Saturday. Sounds like he's going to play Monday. Cleveland had a bottom 10 run defense last year. They were just roasted by Derrick Henry for 159 combined rushing and receiving yards and two touchdowns. B-level start on Le'Veon Bell. All right, let's go to the Eagles taking on the Falcons for our final matchup of the show. That is the Sunday night game. Carson Wentz gets an A grade here, even though the Vikings didn't test the Falcons' secondary at all. The, the Eagles will, and I like the matchup for the Eagles' receivers. Cornerback Isaiah Oliver is a serious liability for the Falcons, and he was exploited by the Vikings last week. Desmond Trufant, Trufant has speed, but he only plays one side of the field, so the Eagles can scheme Deshaun Jackson to go against Oliver, and so Deshaun Jackson Jackson, after the explosive game in week one, gets a B grade in week two, because I do believe he's going to have that speed advantage over slot, especially if he goes out of the slot, where he'll meet DeMonte Kazi as well, who's a converted safety. So I think Jackson can win from a few places, and I like him a lot here. Alshon Jeffrey had a nice game last week. He can avoid cornerback Desmond Trufant by lining up on the other side of the field if he wants to, but he might not want to because he can just out-muscle Trufant if he wants. So I think he can win from both <laughs> sides of the field too. So B grade in Alshon Jeffrey here and staying with the passing game Zach Ertz a grade second on the team in targets receptions and yards last week Vikings didn't even try didn't even throw they threw one pass that was called back to a tight end they even try the tight end Ertz though targeted 10 times when these teams met last year he will be just fine all three of the running backs startable here with C grades Miles Sanders is the most interesting one he had a 19 yard run but his other 10 carries gained six yards. Yeah. I'm worried that the coaching staff's going to give him a lesser role here, and that makes Jordan Howard startable because this is a bad off a defense against the run that gave up over five yards per carry to the Vikings last week, and the Eagles have a better offensive line by a lot. So even Jordan Howard gets a C grade, and Darren Sproles was my take-a-chance-on-me runner. Let's go to the Falcon side. Beginning with uh, the running game, Devonta Freeman gets a C. The Falcons lost guard Chris Lindstrom for first rounder. That is a big loss. The Eagles countered that by losing their own defensive tackle, Malik Jackson. So maybe those two <laughs> things neutralize each other. But make no mistake here, the line of scrimmage belongs to the Eagles. And Atlanta's line was brutal last week. The Eagles have been extremely rough on runners over the past four games, allowing less than 28 rushing yards per game. That worries me, and that's why we're down to a C grade on Devonta to Freeman. Let's move to the passing game. Matt Ryan gets a B. Uh, I am worried about the offensive line. As I mentioned, Chris Lindstrom out. Ryan's going to be harried by an excellent front four anchored by Brandon uh, Graham and Fletcher Cox. 
And he's faced the Eagles in three straight ski seasons, and the results are discouraging just with per-game averages of just 242 yards and 0.7 passing touchdowns for Matt Ryan. So it's barely a C-grade, and really only because Julio Jones, who's got a B-grade, matches up against Ronald Darby, who just got worked by Redskins rookie Terry McLaurin for 125 yards. And Terry McLaurin! <laughs> Terry! <laughs> Jones has a height-size advantage of 4 inches and 30 pounds over Darby, so I like Julio Julio in this game, too. And then Calvin Ridley. Falcons can get Ridley on lead-footed cornerback Rasul Douglas at will by putting him on the right side of the field. And that's a positive matchup. So I like the receivers. I just got to hope Matt Ryan stays upright long enough. And finally, a C grade on Austin Hooper. Silent in last year's meeting between these two. Um, And the Eagles were outstanding against tight ends last year. So I'm a little bit nervous, even though he had a good game last season. Start everybody. It's Start 13 players from this matchup. It is crazy. Um, guys, we've had a lot of fun in the show. Thank you very much for listening and all of your help with it. If you like the show, go to fanball.com slash charge for my free player rankings, my free $1,000 weekly contest for guillotine leagues, more podcasts, and everything else that you would want fantasy football related. And for more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks to everybody who takes time to rank and review the show on your podcasting platform of choice as well. Talk to you next week, everybody. Bye-bye. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.